Welcome to the snooze button. Hey, I'm Brittany of Brittany She and Sleep. I've got 99 problems, but my kid's sleeping isn't one. Hi, friends. Snooze button is back, as always this week. This might be the latest I've ever recorded an episode and put it out. It's 2.48 p.m. on Wednesday. Um, super professional of me, but listen, here's what I've realized. And the reason is because everything's a hot mess. I have so much going on that like this is the only time I could get it done. I've realized that my life runs like a well-oiled machine as long as there's nothing abnormal that goes on. There can be no special events I need to plan. There can be no holidays. There can be no speaking engagements. There can be no birthdays. Unfortunately, those things just continue to happen. I continue to have abnormal weeks. Pretty much every week, there's something unusual. Um, And, you know, it's a lot. Uh, It's a lot. I heard a study recently. This is completely unrelated to screens, but hopefully it still resonates. I heard a study or like a fact recently. I can't remember the exact number, but it was like working moms now spend like five times (laughs) as much time with their kids on like a monthly basis or something than stay-at-home moms did in the 70s. Um, I believe it. Um, we We're all trying to do it all, and it's not really possible we're out here doing our best. And that is my soapbox I'm on as to why this episode is coming so late in the day. But let's hop to it. So I want to talk about screens. It's a big topic. Sometimes controversial. Sometimes people have big feelings about it. So here's the thing. Let's talk first about like, why do people get so upset about screen time or get worried about it or have really strong opinions? There are a lot of studies out there that have come out over the years that at best are a little bit misleading and at worst are straight up fear monitoring and they're just factually incorrect like the one that was tying screen time to autism which was just like straight up debunked but there are ones that will come out you know every couple years you'll see like some you know headline on cnn or something that's tying screen time to cognitive delays or a lack of reading skills or behavioral problems and things like that And I think that it's really important to have some context around that stuff. Um, And, you know, as always, I will say Emily Oster is like one of the people I look to to have really read through all of the data on these things and has a good sense of what what is supported and what is not in the actual data that we have. And I think the truth is this is one of those things where like the data is somewhat imperfect. We don't know everything. We can't say for sure X equals Y equals Z with this stuff. But really when there are studies that have come out about things like that, about like behavioral issues and and developmental delays and things like that tied to screen time, they are often looking at a very extreme scenario, right? Like we're we're spending hours and hours and hours a day in front of the TV. Um, It's usually kids who are quite young. And I think most importantly, even with those things aside, let's just say it's, you know, five, six, seven-year-olds and they're not watching an excessive amount of TV. It's just like a decent amount every single day or, or whatever the metric is they've set, is that this is a classic example of how much it matters that you understand the difference between causation and correlation, right? So they're really not ever able to say, as far as I know, as for, from all the research I've done and seen, they're not able to ever say that the simple act of X amount of screen time causes these things to happen. It's that, you know, when we've studied kids who have higher scores on this and behave in this way and da-da-da-da-da, 
an excessive amount of screen time is often a, a part of their situation, right? So there's, there's a, a correlation between kids who are exposed to a lot of screens and other challenging or, you know, behaviors we don't want, either at the time or later on. So that's important, right? Because I think what, if it isn't clear what I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is, and also guys, I, I've been on the phone or on video all day, and the last two days I was at speaking engagements all day, and so my brain is operating at 5% currently. Um, so I'm probably going to sound like a psychopath in this episode, and that's just, you know, you're on this ride already. You can't get off. You can't get off my train. So, okay, what I'm trying to say is that what they're basically saying is, like, when kids have had these issues, one of the things we've seen is often the case that they also have an excessive amount of screen time. So there are all these other factors that are they're also looking at, and it could be anything from you know, excessive drug use in the parents. Um, they're missing a lot of school. They um, or their diet is is really bad. They, you know, go to sleep really late at night. There is um, maybe some type of like emotional conflict in the home. Like there's a million, million, million things that could be contributing and frankly causing these issues. It could go back to something that was happening when the parent was pregnant, right? Could go back to like drug use during pregnancy. There's like a million things um, that are probably more likely causing this than just we use a lot of screens. Now, at the same time, that to me, that's not like a free pass to just use screens excessively. It's more, let's just you know, let's call a spade a spade. Let's realize that there is nuance to these things. And it is it is factually accurate that, you know, a kid who's watching four hours a day of TV probably also isn't eating like a deeply balanced dinner every night um, and sitting with his entire, his or her entire family to eat that dinner and has a parent helping them with homework every night and, um, you know, gets tons of fresh air and, um, lots of stimulation and I mean if nothing else an excessive amount of screen time in its in its own like nature means it is there's a deficit in something else right if you're watching tv for five hours a day that means during those five hours you're not interacting with another human being you're not playing outside you're not in school you're not eating a healthy meal right you're like you're you're watching the tv therefore like it's a deficit in another area as a result so it's not like the screen itself do you know what i'm saying right so i think thinking about it that way is important but beyond that i think there's so much nuance in this and i i basically wanted to do this episode to make you feel less stressed out about how much tv or screens your kids are exposed to so here is what I will tell you from my professional perspective and from the research I do not suggest doing. Because I'm not just saying we should all just be watching TV 24 hours a day. For your your kids. And I will say for babies, I would not be I would not be offering screen time as like for a baby ever. It's not that they can't be in front of the TV. Listen, you're watching you know, The Daily Show or you're watching, you know, The Bachelorette and they're like hanging out with you. Yes, obviously, like do whatever you want. I mean, I would not be putting a six month old in front of an iPhone or in front of like an actual TV and like putting on Mickey Mouse and expecting it to entertain them like that. 
it gives me a little bit of an ick. Like a six-month-old definitely does not need TV time. And if anything, they're not even really going to like appreciate it or it's not really going to help them. We're just like exposing them to a lot of flashing lights. So I don't love that. Let's talk outside of the baby stage, though. And like I said, if you're just watching TV and you're hanging out with your baby, I personally think there's nothing wrong with that because you're not putting it on for them. It's like you're with them and there is a show on as well that you're watching because they're a baby and they can't talk to you yet. So you can hang out and, and giggle with them while you watch. What not to do is for your kids, so now we're talking, you know, toddlers and and big kids, not doing TV right before bed. Okay, so we know this even for adults, right, that the exposure to that blue light is not good for our brains. It is much more stimulating than relaxing, which I think can be confusing because oftentimes it looks like kids are kind of like zonked out in front of the TV and you're thinking like, this is great, this is relaxing them for bed, but it's actually stimulating their brains and it's going to make it harder for them to fall asleep. So I don't love it right before bed. And definitely not as a part of the bedtime routine or something that's in a child's bedroom. If you're an adult, like live your life, do what you want. But I would never put a kid, uh, sorry, I would never put a TV in a kid's room um, because your room should be associated with sleep and quiet play and fun times. It shouldn't be like a party. And to me, a TV for a kid is kind of like a party, right? It shouldn't be a stimulating activity. And it also makes it harder for you to separate like activities elsewhere in the home and sleep because it's like they can do that activity in their room and we don't want that so that I don't love um, or having it be a part of the bedtime routine so I definitely anytime I'm working with a client who they're like watching videos um, on dad's phone for a couple minutes laying in bed or they after they brush their teeth they get to watch you know blues clues for 30 minutes in bed no this is a great example of like we're not separating besides the stimulation and the blue light we're not providing a clear separation of like daytime activities with the family and preparing for sleep. So we want those things to be really separate. Like once you're in your room, we are quieting our brains and bodies. We are doing things that involve connection and relaxation, not watching screens. Um, I also think that having sort of a blanket like the TV is on all the time is not great for kids, right? It should be an activity that you're using for a purpose to engage them, which I'll talk about in a second, like the pros of, of screen time, not like we just have the TV on. I remember I had a client um, a year or two ago that that was something she was struggling with and, and we worked through is that her nanny just had a habit of just putting the TV on. So she's like, I don't even think the girls are watching it, but it's just like on in our house all day. And like, I feel like that's not great. And I was like, I feel like you're right. Let's not do that. Let's find a time where we decide that it's, you know, this is great at lunch, after lunch, they can sit and watch a show or like whatever works for you. But it's not just like an automatic, we have the TV on all the time. Don't love that. I will tell you personally, what I do to strike a balance, and I'm saying this as a mom who uses screens all the time. My kids don't watch TV every day, but they watch it many, if not most days to, in some small amount. So what I do is we do have more than one TV in our home, but 99% of the time, I only allow the TV that's in our living room to be on. Um, we really use the the one that's in our kitchen is more of like my husband and I are watching sports, to be honest. Um, so if and that TV is used much less frequently and if it is it's being put on so we can watch like a game while we're cooking so that's important to me is that there's typically one place they have the screen and they all have to agree on a show together and sometimes that means I pick it because they cannot agree but what I don't allow is like you all split up into different rooms and watch something alone Um, and I also don't allow iPads or like 
they don't ever they've never used my phone I don't think for a screen that's just a personal choice I just sort of have never presented it as an option so it doesn't even occur to them to like ask for it um but I want to survive plane rides with them and when we ride on planes it's usually long haul ones going from one coast to the other so I I not exclude I um I save the little like fire tablets that we have just for air travel or if we did like a really long road trip in those rare occasions that's when they can have a tablet and they're aware of that so again they just don't ask for it because it's never been presented as an option when we're at home and the reason I really like doing that not having them in separate places to watch a show and not having tablets is I've set up tv in our home to be a bonding group like sort of interactive experience where we're watching things together and we're enjoying it together and talking to each other about it and it's like a family thing as opposed to like everyone zoning out in a corner because then you are getting some positive benefit from it right it's something that feels more exciting it feels special you're still interacting it's not like everyone is just zonked out in their own little world which is what I don't love about the tablet concept is that like we're all on the couch but everyone's in their own world like I struggle with that enough just being on my phone in front of my kids and being conscious of trying to put it away and not look at it I don't want to turn into like the family where we're like just lined up on the couch all in our own world um And the other thing I do is there are certain times a day that the TV is effectively off limits. So it's not like it's never happened, but for the most part, I use the TV for what is, even now that I don't have a little baby anymore, is still kind of the witching hour. It is the time of the afternoon, evening when like everyone's kind of feral, we're not quite ready for the bedtime process yet, and maybe we've exhausted all of the activities we can do. That's really when I will allow the kids to have screen time and to have to turn on the tv occasionally we'll do it on the weekends too if it's like a rainy day or we don't have a lot going on they can watch a movie or something but that's really what i use it for and i'll tell you that in defense of screens i love sometimes having screen time with my kids i was thinking about this last night and it's why i wanted to do it as the episode today because last night we were watching what was it was it hocus pocus I don't remember. We were watching some Halloween movie, but like it was me and all three of the kids. I do something with them, I would say once, if not twice a week, called Mama Movie Night. And we all get in our PJs together. I usually do it if um, my husband's out of town or has like a late thing, like he's like playing pickleball with his friends or something. And it's a great way for me to get the kids excited about an activity. Um, But I also have like this guaranteed time where like I know exactly when they're taking a bath and then I know we eat dinner super early and then I have this blocked off window that I know like if I start the movie at this time, we'll be able to get to bed on time and I'm not like, you know, uh, refereeing arguments and fights while cooking and, you know, all of the stuff that can come with being alone with three kids. So that's what I often use it for. But because again, because I have kind of positioned TV to my kids as like a fun family thing versus like either it's just on in the background and it's always on and it's not really serving any benefit to anyone or um, everyone's kind of in their own world. They get really excited for Mama Movie Night. And when we do that, we, you know, I have them take their baths before we get into PJs. I give them a special treat. It's often like those um, white chocolate covered raisins, like the yogurt raisins um, or it's popcorn. And sometimes I'll hide like little M&Ms or something at the bottom of the popcorn pails for like a special treat. And we will pick a movie and I will turn off the lights and we all watch the movie together. And we were doing this last night. You know, they're asking questions. They're asking each other questions. They're pointing things out. They're getting scared. They're like, look out for the so-and-so. And to me, like, 
it is hard to get your kids sometimes to like sit still and be with you. And to me, it is like one of the best feelings to have them all snuggled up. I'm like in between all of them. Delaney's like laying her head on my chest. The other two are right next to me snuggled up and we're all kind of like in this moment together. There, to me, there was nothing wrong with that. I mean, I would be happy to do that every night. We don't do it every night because we have shit going on. But I would honestly do that every night. I think as long as you're using screens in a way that feels positive to you, then it's great. And sometimes positive to you doesn't mean what I just described. Positive to you means you have a newborn and a two-year-old and your two-year-old recently became capable of watching an hour-long show. And that means that you can like snooze on the couch because you've been up all night with a newborn or it means that you can actually cook dinner which otherwise you could not do because it's the one time the newborn is napping and you can have your toddler in front of the TV. Like that is a good reason too, right? There are reasons why I'm a little bit defensive of people using screens. I think sometimes it's out of necessity, right? So I hope that gave you some food for thought. And I just want the takeaway to be, no, we shouldn't use screens 24-7. And no, they ideally should not be a part of anything to do with sleeping, but they're also fine. And I also think this goes back to literally everything I say about parenting. Any questions I get from clients about sleep, about potty stuff, about parenting, about behavior, feeling guilty, if you're worried about it, you're probably doing a great job, right? DCFS is not going and knocking on the door of a family that is wringing their hands about how much their baby cried during sleep training or how much screen time they have or are they not eating enough vegetables. If you're worrying about this stuff, you're crushing it. Okay, guys, have a great rest of your week, and I will see you next week for another episode of The Snooze Button. Loving The Snooze Button? Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And please leave a review. I will read it and internalize it, so make sure it's very glowing. If you're interested in working with me or learning more about my courses, head to brittanysheehan.com or follow me on Instagram at Sleep.